This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, Clock Dodgers? Welcome to our new Wednesday show. Like I told you guys, every Wednesday you'll get an episode for sure. Lock it in. Put it on your calendar. Schedule that bad boy. Do what you got to do because you're going to get one every Wednesday for sure. Bonus episodes definitely to follow, but for sure guarantee every Wednesday unless something crazy happens. But anyway, nothing crazy happened this week. We're locked in as promised. This episode, um, you okay, so you guys know that whenever I do a podcast episode, whenever I have these conversations with people, my goal is to have conversations with passionate people, right? People who live their truths, who are passionate, who you know, attack life. So whether that be an athlete, whether that be someone just talking fantasy football, whether it be, um, you know, a marketing person, whether it be a real estate agent, whether it be a comedian, like literally, no matter what you've done, if you're passionate, and even if it's just to debate passionately, even if it's just to conversate passionately, um, I, I need to deal with people who have passion right? I just can't deal with it otherwise. And I'm sure as you guys know, you know, we've come, we've grown a lot together. Um, you've come, you know, accustomed to that. So this episode I brought on with me, um, Jordan, Jordan, uh, you'll, you'll hear the background story on, you know, how we started, you know, how we, how we connected originally and whatnot. But, um, Jordan has a company, it's called Prefocus, and he helps people with their, you know, their branding and that kind of stuff to kind of get started or to get their direction and kind of, you know, kind of get that going for them. And obviously it's important to me because with clock Dodgers, with, you know, the whole mindset that we put out there is I'm always eager to get you guys to pursue passions and hobbies and interests and whether it's just conversational things, whatever it is, I'm always pushing. I'm always pushing, right? Um, and I get emails all the time and messages and, and all these nice things from people saying, you know, that it works, that it works and that it's helped them. So I'm going to continue to do that. And so while I'll have conversations that are entertaining and just, you know, fun and all, all over the place, we'll also have conversations that are very specific. Um, so me and Jordan had a great time. Uh, it, it was a fun conversation, a lot of laughs, a lot of um, educational things too, though. If you're into branding and marketing and, and starting your own thing as an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be, um, personal brands, that kind of stuff. And we I really honed in on that with Jordan because I'm, I'm, I feel it has a lot of value. Okay, so uh, to check out, you'll you'll hear as far as all the different places to find him and and connect with him. Um, You could just go to his website, which he gives on the on the podcast as well. Or, you know, I find it easiest to follow him on Instagram because he puts a lot of great content on Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter, all those things. But I just feel the his strongest value um, 
instantly for you to see and just easily start to consume is on Instagram. So you can follow them on Instagram. It's the prefocus. So T H E and then P R E F O C U S. Um, if you can't find it for some reason, or you're not getting what I'm saying, just send me a message, email me, whatever, and I'll, and I'll shoot you a link over to them. Um, but you guys know, I really appreciate it. If you reach out to, to the guests who are on the show, you, you know, let them know you appreciate it or you enjoyed the conversation or you gained something from it. Um, letting them know is important because while, you know, while, um, while the, while, while, you know, you know, you got something from it, the, the guest doesn't always know that unless, they hear from you. It just, it just brings another level for them. Um, it just gives them something else, you know, something extra. And, uh, it's really important to me that you guys do that because it's just the cloud Dodger way. It's just what we're, it's what we do here. It's our community. Um, and every time someone comes on this show as a guest, they become a part of that community. Um, and you know, like any other community, you know, you walk up to the neighbor's door, you knock and say, welcome. You like some, I made some apple pie for you. Um, if you ever need to borrow any sugar, just let me know. <laughs> You know, that kind of stuff. So that's the, uh, you know, that's what you're doing when you just send them a quick message or, you know, follow them or, you know, say Clock Dodger sent you, things like that. And you guys do that all the time. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, Jordan was, it was a cool conversation. Um, I, I know you guys will enjoy it. I know you'll take a lot of value from it. Um, and then this is also the episode where we're starting the, uh, at the end of the podcast, there's going to be a song being played, Right. And that song is by artists who submit their music to me uh, to uh, to just to get it heard by more people. Right. Um, of course, I'm going to be somewhat picky with these artists. Um, of course, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to play artists that I feel are, again, passionate. Right. It may not always be your cup of tea. It may not even be my cup of tea sometimes. But if I feel the passion, if I feel the passion in their music, if I feel their passion in their approach to me, if I feel it and they have some decent stuff and I know that somebody likes that that genre or somebody likes that style or somebody will enjoy it, I'm going to put it out there. Um, so, you know, of course, it's your choice again, whether you, you know, whether it's your style of music or not to, to listen to, to, again, holler at them, um, whether you can, you know, hit them up, ask them where to download it, where to find it, you know, tell them they make great music, whatever the case is, um, just a little bit of support. That's what this is for. Again, I keep going back to this guys, community, 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 the clock Dodgers community is filled with so many talented people, right? Good people, man. You guys got to show it, just put it on display. You guys do it all the time. So shout out to everyone who submitted music. If you haven't submitted music and you're hearing this now, submit it. It's always open. You guys can always just submit music. Um, so feel free to just shoot me an email uh, or, or DM me your music. Um, I'm always available to that as well. Um, so so definitely send that. If you know someone who makes music, a uh, family member, friend, somebody you bump into in the corner, it doesn't really matter who it is, tell them to send music. I appreciate that as well. And I'll even reach out to artists if you feel like, um, if you feel like, you know, they'll be interested or if you, if you like their music, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out and give it a shot as well. So let's go ahead and just get into this episode rather than, rather than prolong it. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the other side of the episode to quickly recap it. And of course to play the song, the first song that's going to get played on the Cloud Dodgers podcast. Um, I'm not playing these in any particular order. So anyone who submitted music, I've already reached out to a bunch of people and let you know that your song will be featured on the podcast at some point. Uh, I'm not going in any particular order here. So if it's not this week, could be next week, could be the week after. I got a, a you know a bunch to run through. So just kind of be patient with me if you haven't heard it yet. Um, but shout out uh, to the talented artists 
that will be on the end of this song. And I'll talk more about them on the other side. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Yo, Jordan, how, how's life in Arizona, man? Oh, it's amazing. Beautiful weather, sun shines every day. I get to work from home, so, you know, it's a blessing. Yeah, life is good. I, I you know, I, I try to, you know, keep up on the Instagram. You got a lot of stuff going on. Same thing as what's going on over here, kids, all that good stuff. But it looks like you're busy over there, man. I've never been to Arizona before. I hear a lot of good things, but you seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, I'm originally from the Midwest, so Indianapolis. So when you're able to sit, you know, outside with, you know, shorts on and sandals during the wintertime, you know, like I said, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I guess I, let's give a brief introduction to the people listening who, who aren't aware of you, who, who don't know what's going on here. Um, you're Jordan. Uh, we we first connected. It was on Instagram, I believe, and I want to say it was after I put out the Ishmael Zamora episode. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I was following you a little bit before then. Um, That's when you reached out, really I think, right? Ishmael Zamora story. I was researching because I'm I'm pretty um, in touch with all of the Raiders moves, traffics, free agency, all that stuff. So when I was looking for more information on the kid and and just to see if he was you know legit character wise, I you know, I was like, man, this guy's talking about him. So it was kind of like fate, I guess, that I was already following you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And so we, we, we kind of first started talking over that, of course. And then obviously over time, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things, but that's where we first started talking about. And um, it, le- it leads me to what you're doing, which is pre-focus, uh, which is your, your company that you, that you basically take care of and you do and you run on a day-to-day basis. And can you kind of explain it to those listening just so they kind of have an idea or kind of a background of, of what you're doing and kind of, you know, what, what, why, what we're going to talk about in this episode, basically? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could tell, you know, talk to you guys all day about, you know, my why, but, you know, I guess long story short here, you know, I've worked in marketing, I've kind of had a passion for advertising, you know, since I was young, just seeing different tactics and, and persuasion approaches uh, in marketing and how a lot of it's misleading. And so I was in the agency room for a while, um, you know, where Really, they manage multiple clients, put them into a process or funnel, I guess, based on the budget that they have. And I was really, you know, just really became tired of seeing stagnant campaigns or marketing turnover, really because companies or agencies weren't in touch or in tune with their clients and understanding who their actual audience is, um, you know, who the business actually is, and being able to cater campaigns around that. So. Pre-focus kind of came into light uh, many years ago, but it's just came into fruition um, as far as business-wise, business plan-wise over the last year. And I really help companies, you know, really avoid that. You know, I don't want to talk bad about agencies in the process because I think it works. But first and foremost, you have to determine, you know, where you're going as a company, where you've been, what your customers need, all that. And I really help my clients um, you know, create a book, a brand book that really defines all those elements of the business so that when they do go to the agency or they do have um, 
I guess, a contractor or a freelancer managing their marketing. It's really clear, precise what they're doing, what voice they're speaking in, and, you know, what the standards and values and personality is of the brand. Right. And so, so obviously people could, you know, visit your site or follow you on Instagram and kind of see some of the stuff you're doing, but just, just briefly, you're doing like logos and branding and kind of giving them mission, like a, a mission statement and stuff. Is that what you're kind of doing? Yeah, it's part of the process. I think, um, it all starts with a discovery. I think, um, you know, every brand needs to really get in touch with themselves, uh, figure out what they really do well. And that really should be communicated across all channels, whether it's branding, social media stuff, um, you know, all the other branding initiatives that are out there that, that people sell or that, you know, people tell you that you need to have. Um, it's really helping them create that clear voice, that clear tagline. Really, it's really, in a nutshell, it's that tagline, that, that overall promise that the company is developing. And then how do we communicate that via logo, um, via website design, um, print media partnerships and stuff like that. Gotcha. And so, like, as far as, like, uh, you know, I think branding and, and social media and all these things are so interesting. Obviously, it's, you know, really hot right now with the way um, social media is taken off and all, all, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and all these good things. Um, as far as you, I know you said you kind of started years ago as far as, you know, your, your, you know, your interest in it, but what, I mean, ultimately what made you decide that, you know, you wanted to do this thing that, you know, helped others kind of start their dream. Is that, is that what, is there something that excites you about that as far as, you know, it's their dream, it's their passion and you're a part of it in some way? Yeah, I think being a part of the dream and passion is really cool in itself, but you know, you really hit the nail on the head is, you know, I'm passionate about it too. I saw, you know, experience the disconnect. I've always had um, a desire to be in the creative realm um, as far as marketing and advertising, but there's also the need there, you know, there's the gap that needs to be bridged um, between where you start and then where you're going and how you can drive loyalty and understanding the need there, understanding um, my passion and what I bring to understanding my clients and, really the commitment I bring to them uh, every day or whether it's on a contract basis or per project basis, um, you know, that's really what, you know, gets my, my blood flowing. Yeah. Because there's not really a definitive process. There's not really a definitive um, concept as far as what we want to do. It's really depending on who that company is, you know, and that's what's so cool about it. Yeah. And it's something interesting happening right now. Like, like I said, with social media, I feel like branding obviously isn't just for businesses anymore, right? Like there's now this personal, uh, media, you know, personality thing that's starting to really take place with influencers and all that kind of stuff where it's also, um, you know, becoming a big part of that as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to be able to stand out. Everybody's online. Everybody wants to be the YouTube person. Um, everybody wants to duplicate what people have already done. So if you're able to really fine tune what you're doing, what your core competency is, um, what you're really good at, and then present that and, um, and communicate that consistently, that's really how you're able to drive that recognition and awareness and then inevitably drive up your price because you have a value there tied to what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm always like, you know, I'm looking at all the, I'm always researching and I'm doing all this stuff and trying to take in all this information and look at what people are doing right, what they're doing wrong. And I feel like with Brandon, I mean, do, do you have a certain like, um, like certain people that you refer to? I, I, obviously, I don't want to call anybody out or say names, but is, do, you, do you know like bad Brandon when you see it? And is it something that someone can overcome or is it kind of like once you kind of go in that direction, it's like, ah, you know, kind of kind of tough to, to turn around and, re you know, reverse it? That's a great question. Yes. Yes and no. Uh, I think, you know, branding isn't um, 
it can't really be defined as a thing, you know. I think, you know, you can have really good branding as far as um, a lot of what a lot of how a lot of people define it, which is design. So you can have a really cool branded website that has, you know, a really clean um, look and feel, a uh, sharp logo, you know, that somewhat makes sense. Um, and, and in reality, going back to your initial question, you know, that's what branding has become. It's become a design. And in reality, in my reality, um, branding is, you know, the way, um, you know, you communicate your voice in the market, uh, really what your identity, your personality is, and how people identify with you, but more, more so, you know, how you actually make somebody else feel, you know, how you make somebody else look and feel to other people. It's that culture that you're really driving. So I guess to answer the second part of the question, there's always ways you can do it better. There's always ways that you can communicate that um, with more concrete messages um, that tie into your identity and personality as a business. Um, but I don't, I don't really want to detour people from going away from that design stuff. I just believe wholeheartedly that you need to do what I'm doing first. And then you just determine, you know, when you throw all that money at design. Um, so that not only looks clean, it looks professional. Um, you know, it makes sense, but it, it it's uh, relatable to what you're actually doing. Right. What you stand for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I noticed that a lot, you know, again, I always, I, I refer back to your Instagram a lot because where I see a lot of the stuff that you put up, you, you know, you put a lot of cool stuff up there and, um, you know, a lot of good, good advice. And so I, I do see that message, you know, pretty important in a lot of your stuff is, you know, what is your story? What is your truth? You know, that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely, um, I agree with you on that. As far as, you know, us being in this era, like I said, of where entrepreneurship is, this it's a cool thing, basically. Um, I mean, I'm sure you would agree that right now it seems like a lot of kids growing up want to be YouTube stars or influencers just as much as they want to be a football player or a baseball player, right? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the yeah. the new thing. Um, you mentioned standing out is super important, obviously, because things are becoming overcrowded. Um, are you are you a believer? I always like to ask people who are in like marketing and branding and social media. Are you a believer? And all attention is good attention, or do you believe that there is bad intention that you kind of can't come back from? Well, that's a great question. Um, I'm a big firm believer, and you know, I'm biased because you know it's really my going back to my passion. But you know, if you're out there chasing um, attention or you're chase, chasing recognition, um, in reality, you're just looking for acceptance. Um, you know you're really trying to talk people into um, following you. And, and a lot of people will follow trends to do that. They'll do about anything uh, to get fame, I think. And that's where, you know, another aspect or avenue I'm really trying to tie into. You mentioned, you know, some of these young kids and they see somebody else do something and they get that attention um, and they want, they feel like they can do it too, that right. they can do that better. But in reality, they're really spinning their wheels because you're not going to be able to sustain anything if you're not, if there's no purpose behind it, if you don't personally have that story that ties into that, um, you know, the likes and shares, they're cool and all that make you feel amazing. You know, I'm not going to lie. When I get a hundred likes on something, you know, it's like, all right, this is, you know, worthwhile. But if it doesn't actually impact somebody, if it doesn't actually impact my revenue stream, then what does it really mean? Right. Right. No, that, that makes sense. So, 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 I mean, you feel a, a sort of like a importance and kind of educating the youth, right. As far as, not to go that route. But I mean, I'm curious because, you know, you know, we're in this kind of, I don't want to say, I mean, I guess it's ADD kind of culture in a sense where it's like, you know, we're consuming content at this crazy rate. Right. And, 
Yeah. And we're, we have, we're, we're kind of being molded into this, you know, we need it now, you know, right away. I, I see people refer to it as like the microwave culture, but I mean, how, how do you feel like that's playing right now into, you know, what you're doing and what you're trying to tell these companies and the, and these brands, um, as far as like a modern day strategy when dealing with that, right? Cause I, I just assume that that's on everyone's mind because that's what we're seeing the most of. Um, so I assume mm-hmm. that's something you got to kind of deal with, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily it's something that I have to deal with. I think it's it goes back to that purpose. Um, a lot of people aren't educated in that. They don't understand. You know, they're raised in a culture, like you said, the microwave culture, is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you can only heat up for so long, right, in the microwave. But This um, is true. You know, <laughs> people, every person, man, uh, to be straightforward with you, has – is unique is unique in some way you know somebody can do the same thing as somebody else but they can do it differently and i think the culture that you're describing right now is really that culture that feels like they have to do it that same way that in order to be accepted that they have to um, mimic something or do it to a t you see so many things um educational pieces especially on facebook or training or here's the key tips or the uh, secrets to this and that and, and that's a good roadmap and stuff for people to understand where to go. I think Gary Vee's awesome at this, by the way, um, you know, giving the roadmap. But it's really up to that person to harness, you know, the God-given talents, the God-given talents that they personally have, you know, the experiences that really play into what they're trying to do, what they're trying to say, and not be afraid there. I think, you know, people are so afraid to be vulnerable and be themselves that they have to put this front stage on in addition to doing something that maybe they think that they could do well. When in reality, you know, if you're not passionate about it, you know, it's something that you can't really provide value. You know, I want to help people understand that don't waste your time there. We can find something that works. You know, I don't, I don't mind being that guy to be that voice in your ear saying, you know, I see this. I see this in you. I see um, where you're going with this. Maybe let's try a different angle. And I think that's where the culture is missing right now because we want reward right now. We want acceptance right now. We want money right now. But if you're not really doing something that's fulfilling to you, fulfilling, fulfilling to other people, then it's going to be really hard for you to sustain and then find that satisfaction down the road. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And and there's nothing wrong with going back to the drawing board, right? I mean, as far as, you know, mm-hmm. trying different approaches, trying different angles. Um, I think some people or probably a lot of people kind of go one direction and get stuck there. Like they feel like they have to just keep beating that direction until it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they don't get the same results as somebody else because you're not that person. You know, no one's ever going to be Gary Vee. You're not going to be able to do all the same videos as him and the same types of, um, you know, language that he has or, you know, his approach, very verbal approach. approach. He's a sustained, known, uh, educated, successful man that people are now leaning on because of the success he's had and not because of just specifically what he's doing and what he's saying. So, um, you know, that's, that's a broad example, but in reality... A lot of people, they get down, um, you know, they fail. They're not able to do, have that success or reach those goals that other people have. And um, they can really detour them all together from pursuing that. When in reality, they just need to be more purposeful with what they're doing and understand what they're actually good at. Right. Right. No, for sure. And I mean, you, you mentioned Gary Vee a couple of times. I, I wanted to ask you actually, so it's kind of good that you, that you brought him up. Um, are there certain guys like Gary Vee or just people who are maybe brand experts or um, strategists that you either look up to or that, um, you know, you feel that you should, you know, should people should really look into 
that they can learn a lot from. I mean, I know you said, you know, Gary V, you know, it's different kind of videos and, you know, it gives you just a certain piece. It's obviously not everything, but do you feel like there's certain people, whether it's, you know, books or, or, or certain people that they should be consuming to try to gain more knowledge and that kind of stuff? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I don't necessarily have, I would say a favorite. I think there's a lot of people, you know, I look back to, um, you know, I'm going to draw a blank here, but the founder of Apple, what was his name? Founder of Apple? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure the founder. Well, the guy that started Apple, Steve Jobs. See, oh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, okay, Steve gotcha. Jobs. Yeah, he was real. Um, it, it all starts with passion, man. And and the people that have the passion for what they're doing, um, you know, he his story speaks volumes because no matter – what ripples he was going to make, no matter how many um, people he stepped on, he wasn't going to change what he was trying to do. And most importantly, who he was, I think that's what I respect so much about Gary Vee. You know, I don't always necessarily agree with, you know, having a straightforward language and, you know, dropping F bombs in every, in every speaking engagement. Cause I'd like to take my kids there, but right, you know, right. he, he's not changing and conforming with the way he was growing up. And, and most importantly, he's passionate about that. Um, I think Lewis Howes is, is, I love the way he presents himself. He's a genuine guy. He, he harnesses his story and what's made him into the man he is. And now he's pursuing, um, you know, healthy people that are, that are in similar situations and also understand their worth, um, that, that they're worthy, that they can do it in a different way. So I think being able to find different people that take different approaches and, and have understanding um, of their why and of their story. And the more people you have, um, that you can look up to. I, and I, again, I'm not going to encourage anybody to follow just one person because that's going to really make that, that train of thought for you. It's going to force you to really think that you have to do that, walk in those shoes. In reality, the more knowledge you have, the more understanding you have of different journeys is really what helps you tell yours. Yeah. The the, uh, the Gary Vee point that you made there about the, uh, you know, the language is interesting because um, it's kind of like a, a gift and a curse for him, right? Because, the language and the way he speaks is what grabs a lot of people. But at the same time, it kind of hurts him. Cause I, I've even heard him mention how he's lost out on opportunities because of that. Like if he didn't curse, he would have more opportunities. Um, but at the same time, it's like part of his thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting, yeah. it's like, he, I don't know. It kind of just puts into perspective to me the the whole, you know, you can't please everybody, I guess, in a sense, sort of, I mean, he can, if he didn't curse, but I just feel like there are people that he's grabbing just because of it almost. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he's not going to really speak to um, like a traditional conservative person. No, right. and that's okay because most conservative people are working corporate jobs, you know, for right. somebody else. He wants the people that are ambitious and that can feel his passion and the people that understand where he's coming from. You know, like me, um, you know, I try to clean up the language, obviously, um, having four kids myself, but so that's something that, you know, I don't want to stand by or promote. Um, but at the same time, I have understanding for what who he is and what he's doing and, he, and respect that he's not going to change that and revise just to conform to industry standards or what everybody thinks. I mean, Neil Patel is like a night and day example of him um, really saying passion, um, probably a little bit more intelligence, technical knowledge, um, but they both have that passion, that purpose for what they're doing. Right. And all, all these names you're mentioning, you know, the, the important thing is like you said, they're being who they are, you know, they're being honest to themselves and, kind of just they're not they're not putting on a show they don't say they're putting on an act they're just being genuine um 
a, mm-hmm. a, a fun question that I kind of wanted to bring up since we're both Raider fans. Um, you know, the, the, Ra- the Raiders did recently hire John Gruden, and I kind of, you know, because we're talking about marketing and branding and all these things, I feel like the John, the John Gruden hire may have had a lot to do with that. Like a lot of marketing, a lot of branding, because I mean, we, we don't know how he's in a coach again. Right. I mean, we, we have no clue. He's been gone for so long, but I feel like Mark Davis was like, Hey, this guy is the Raiders though. Like what we think of when we think of Raiders, the attitude, the personality, the flair. Do you, do you think that goes into play when he hires a guy like John Gruden? Or do you think he's not even thinking like I'm thinking here? Oh, no, most definitely, I think. Yes, that's right. a great point. <laughs> I mean, I knew some, somehow we were going to tie this in. And you think of the Raiders, man. And I brought up the Raiders. You know, I'm a fan. I'm from Indianapolis because of the aura, the, you know, the autumn winds of the Raiders. It's just that stigma, you know, whether it's negative or positive. Uh, Al Davis was the Raiders. He, he is the Raiders still. And I think Mark is never going to be able to embody that. But the person that did the most was Gruden. Um, that fire, that passion, that intensity that, I mean, I personally think, and I'll, I could talk Raiders all day with you, but we won't, we won't go there because <laughs> I might start getting frustrated. But <laughs> they needed that fire this year. <laughs> they were missing the fire, that passion that, that people knew the Raiders for. And it's not that they didn't have the pieces there. I just think their leader, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't, not that uh, Del Rio was a terrible coach. Um, he just wasn't. It wasn't fitting. It didn't make sense. And that just goes right back to the whole branding. It's not making sense to the way you want to play, um, which is, you know, vertical passing game, um, uh, defense flying all over the field. You know, why pigeonhole it? You know, you got to bring a guy in that's going to be able to rally not only the people that are there, but um, rally the tradition of that program and all the people you saw in this press conference that were there. Um that rally and understanding the passion and the intensity and, and that fire that he brings to the team. I think that's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I couldn't help but think about it. And I was like, you know, it's just like when, when we had these other coaches, like they can win for us sometimes, which is like, they don't bring that attitude, man. It just doesn't, it just doesn't do enough for us. <laughs> but cause, cause like you yeah, said, cause like you said, you're from Indianapolis, I'm from Florida, but like we're Raider fans and it's not, you know, a lot of people are fans of where they're from or, you know, where they grew up, but like, it wasn't that for us that connected us in the first place. So it's almost like, you know, if you don't give us that, like, that's not who we, it's not the Raiders anymore. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. it's not. It's weird. Um, that's why it's all about the brand. Exactly. It's exactly. all about that brand. Man. It's all because about it's, it's a, it's a, it's a worldwide global um, tradition that's being upheld that has that, that standards that, um, the commitment to excellence, man. I mean, it's what people expect and, and it's been far too long since um, you've tasted that. And, you know, the fans are hungry. I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are, are up there at the top. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. And okay. Um, kind of back to the branding aspect of things really quick. A good amount of people who listen to this episode um, are going to see what it's about. They're going to see the topic. They're going to see you here and they're going to say, okay, this is a good episode for me to learn some stuff, you know, to, to learn more about this, to kind of educate myself. Cause I try to mix up the episodes, obviously bring some entertainment value, but also, you know, if we can, you know, bring other kinds of value, I, I enjoy doing that. Um, as far as, you know, in 2018, I feel like every year things change, um, you know, in this culture, almost every day something changes. But do you feel like there's a, uh, a single I, I know and it's hard to pick one thing, but like, is there a certain thing that's really the most important or cannot be missed type of step when you're working with clients and when you're doing these kind of things? You know, that's super significant. That like if you miss that step, it's going to kind of mess the whole thing up. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of my 
new terms word, I guess, of 2018 is constancy. Um, I, you know, consistency is big, but, you know, constancy. Um, to me, that, you know, you can define it whatever way that you want, but it's being aggressive with who you are, what you're trying to do, that passion, going back to the passion, um, inconsistent. You know, you have to be able to, no matter what marketing you do, um, no matter what you invest in, no matter what type of partnerships you have or events you run, it has to be constant with that promise of the brand. And so many companies you see, just like you said, it changes every day, the culture, the climate, um, you know, the beliefs, the standards, the CEOs, they change in companies all the time trying to figure out, you know, what, what works, what's going to work, uh, what do the people want? The people want consistency. Um, they want to know what they're going to get out of a brand. They want to know um, what they stand for. And they, they want to know that no matter what happens, that they're going to stay true to that promise, that um, inevitable brand or a message, uh, the identity that they set when they first came to market or rebranded themselves. You know, you have to be clear with that message, clear with that promise, and then find as many creative ways that you can to uphold the standards of that, the brand, business, personality, whatever the case may be. So constancy, hands down. Constancy, got it. Got to start working on my constancy, man. It wasn't, part of my, it wasn't a part of my uh, my vocab recently, but now it is. So I got to work on it. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I like it. Something new. I'm always I'm always down for it. Um, in, in I think the, a lot of people, just to tie it in, sorry to cut you off, no, I think no, a lot okay. of people, they want to get into blogging. You know, and I, that's the number one question. I'm on Quora. I don't know if anybody uses that, so check it out if you, if you don't. Um, it's really just a, a question and answer platform for anything that you really need to know. And so many of the most common questions asked is how do I get SEO or get a reach or get noticed with doing a blog? And they want they have all these ideas and these things that they want to write about, but it comes right down to that constancy of, you know, what's your voice? What are you really strong with it with your voice? And how can you create a hundred topics that, um, you know, speak from that voice and from that knowledge or that actual value that you're building the site for? As soon as you veer off that, you're confusing people. When you confuse people, they don't trust you, and you're not valued for something specific. So I wanted to throw that example in real quick. That's important. That's important, man. Constancy. Man, I'm learning something here while I'm listening. I'm taking notes, man. I got to jot down the important times in the, in the, in the, in the conversation here. Um, <laughs> in that same regard, though, yeah, in that same regard, when you take on new clients um, and, and, you know, you start working with somebody, is there, you know, I feel like, you know, probably people come to you a lot of times they have uh, an idea of what they're trying to do. You know, they have this kind of plan in their, in their head, but do you run into issues with clients where like they're stubborn on a certain thing? Like, is there something you run into with a lot of people where they're stubborn on a certain, you know, part of the process that where you're like, listen, you just got to trust me on this. Do you run into that a lot? Or is it kind of, you know, once they've come to you, they've already kind of given up that, um, you know, that creative control aspect of it. Yeah. Every client, you know, <laughs> every client, every <laughs> client, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, not not saying that in a bad way, like you know, right. I'm, I'm some guru or anything, oh, no, but no, no, you no. have to be able to perspective. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying that's fine. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about the, you know being a guru, but you're just saying they they're, they're, they do kind of come stubborn a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I think. Well, the number one thing, man. Um, you know, people, it's their baby, right? It's their business. They put their blood, sweat, and tears in it. They have this this vision, right, of what they want it to be, of what they want it how they want it to say, um, or how they want it to speak, how, how they want to design things, um, you know, the ebb and the flow of the business, right? They want it, they want it to be theirs. And at some point you have to be able to let that go. And that's where, you know, I have 
really a three-step part of my process. I won't go into a lot of detail about uh, for free 99. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get but, all um, these trade secrets. I understand. I understand. I try, I, try, I try to pry a little bit, but I can't get them all for free. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to, man, you have to understand your customers. You have to understand, you know, you have your purpose, you have your why, you have your story, you have your identity, everything that embodies who you are. But now, what do your customers want? What are their needs? What are their hidden needs? You know, which is really the, what they don't know that they need from you. And and being able to take now that identity personality that you're so passionate about with your business, your baby, and now be able to value the people that are buying from you, you know, it's really hard. It's, it's the hardest thing. I'm working with a music artist right now of, of I'm not trying to change his voice the way he raps and stuff, but he has this vision that he wants to accomplish his goals that he specifically told me. And if he wants to accomplish those and differentiate himself in the market, which is a very convoluted market, we can all agree everybody wants to do music, then you have to be purposeful and listen to what the people want. And, you know, even me, you know, that was the hardest thing for me to do is, you know, I have, to, I have to be able to educate people and be able to give out information like this that, that encourages and motivates them and inspires them to really do better and dig down deeper in their personality or their story to uncover stuff that differentiates them in the marketplace. I'm not going to be able to just say, hey, you know, you need to do this and pre-focus is what pre-focus is and what it means and you should buy this because I say so. I have to be able to speak to them um, but also use my value as, as a professional, as um as somebody that they're going to hire on because they're paying me at the end of the day. And if I'm unwilling to do that, let go of the reins a little bit and uh, revise a few ways to be able to not persuade, but uh, gain their trust. That's where it's all at, man. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned working with a music artist. Like, are, is there certain, um, you know, certain clients, like whether it's certain fields, I guess, you know, music, you know, sports, business, a certain kind of business. I mean, is there something that you prefer, like, uh, that you feel like you're stronger at, or I mean, that's more fun to you, or do you just anybody and any anyone, any anybody, anyone that just has this passion, you're 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 down for it? Yeah, I think initially now, you know, so really on, um, you know, building the foundation of my business is, you know, I, I love working with everybody. I think probably I enjoy most personal brands because it's it's really helping them fine tune. Um, you know, their identity, their personality, and not really being able, being afraid of promoting that, um, you know, and having all the outside noise telling them what they need to do. So I think that's really cool. And that's why, you know, I never would have thought I'd take on an artist. So this has been really cool for me to be able to take a different angle to what I do in my process. But also, um, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself because I think small businesses um, can really benefit, um, you know, big time from being able to uh, maximize their potential instead of just being a service or a product here locally or, or whatever the case may be. Um, same thing with entrepreneurs. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have ideas. You need to be able to fine tune those ideas and not just say, hey, there's an opportunity there. And I'm going to go after that opportunity because somebody else succeeded at it. You know, we, we want to be purposeful and have a strategy behind that. So ideally, I guess to answer your question, I'd love to work with personal brands, um, you know, because you can't really everybody has a different value so you can't really in industrialize that right um but, but they're bought in they want to do that and you know that you're going to get their best for a small business app so many different things go on in corporations um i think there's different avenues to approach it you know at the end of the day i want to be able 
maybe do speaking engagements for corporations to help them implement what I'm doing internally that they can figure it out themselves. Uh, same thing maybe with small businesses determining who to hire or who to bring on, um, you know, what the culture looks like. And then with personal brands really working on this pre-focus where we're, we're really defining, um, identifying the key value propositions of the business and what the promise is. So that's why I love, you know, people tell me all the time I need a niche, and I need to do that, but that's what marketers do. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do, um, know flower shop marketing <laughs> or uh, you know service home service company marketing I don't want to pigeonhole that because I'm not here to manage your social media I'm not here to manage your PPC ads I'm here to help you structure it all so that you're gonna make the most money by whoever whoever else you hired on the road yeah I I, and I like that that you that, you that you know you don't go to a niche thing and it's kind of a thing for me too you know a, a, a sensitive not sensitive but like you know a topic for me because I always I think I've mentioned it to you too about you know, even Clock Dodgers mm-hmm. itself doesn't have a niche, um, which it yeah. seems like everything that comes out this, you know, these days has a niche. And I think it's because it's the easier route. Um, but, you know, like, for instance, today, me and you were talking about, you know, Brandon and then we start talking about the Raiders and then, you know, next, you know, next conversation, who knows what I'll have on here, but it may not have anything to do with marketing, networking, nothing. It'd just be an athlete or a musician or, you know, I just don't feel the need to, you know, just to, to pigeonhole, like you say, you know, into a thing. And I know it would be easier to do that. But it's just never interested me. So it's, I, you know, I respect that you're not interested in doing that yourself because you kind. Of, I think we're kind of on the same wavelength in that sense. Um, so I definitely, you know, hear you on that. Um, yeah, I think that's really why we connected is because, you know, we talked initially about. I think you were we were just feedback uh, back and forth about the logo. You were you redid your logo, and initially it was kind of going down. Um, you know this. I guess, traditional questionnaire of, you know, how do you want to do a design and stuff like that. And I really realized, you know, once we got to talking about what you want your podcast to be and you, and, you know, I think you can incorporate um, all different types of people and all different types of topics and still embody what you're trying to do, which I think personally listening to some of your stuff, talking to you, it's really a passion, whether it's somebody's have is passionate about sports, fantasy sports, um, somebody's passionate about making a comeback in the NFL um, somebody wants to just tell their story. I think they're all genuine stories. And you may have be able to speak more to an audience and maybe have better advertising stuff by saying, you know, this, that, and the other. But I think down the road, you really touched on a key point is it's easy. Um, the, niching yourself is easy. And when you don't do that, though, when you stay true to who you are and what you're trying to do and build a foundation and continue to grow your reach um, as a voice, right? then the future is going to be better for you. I think it's going to be more fruitful because your opportunity is going to be bigger. You, you're dabbled in a little here and there, but you weren't afraid to try, right? Exactly. Constancy. Yeah. Constancy, man. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Hey, to steal, to steal, to steal from Gary V too, you're talking about the micro and the macro, right, man? Kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. the niche and micro. All I'm looking for is the macro here, looking long term, big picture. We'll see, man. We'll, we're we're definitely on the same wavelength in that sense. But I do before we you know um, kind of close come closing this thing out a little bit here. Um, so say you're working with an artist, right? You're working with somebody, and we you know we've we've mentioned um, the you know the, well well first of all the that we were talking earlier about the shock value, clickbaity microwave oven type stuff that you know brands and companies are doing i'm curious you know if it seems like even the big companies are doing it these days even right like uh not i don't want to call anybody out but like you know espn and fox and stuff they even have shows or segments of things that seem like it's all about the shock value right um 
Mm-hmm. Are you against that even? Against like a shock value um, moment to gain attention for a brand? I don't think I have to really be against it and voice that because you just look at the, you know, how long does the show last? How many times are they going to come up with new ideas? Right. How many times has ES- how, how long has ESPN been losing viewers? Right. And it's not because of Netflix. It's not because of online streaming. It's because, you know, to be straightforward, it's their content's garbage. It doesn't make sense. It's not real sports. It's a lot of opinions, um, kind of biased, and it's not really reporting, um, you know, what people really want to hear. And I think it, it's not necessarily about ideas. It's about um, concepts and how do we how are we consistent with the concepts, but, you know, still voice out into other channels, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's a great example, though, to be honest with you, is, is the whole, you know, click or not clickbait, but, you know, throw a fishing line out there and hope, you know, you catch some fish and then scoop them in. And then you think you're going to keep going back to the same fishing hole. Um, you know, eventually you're going to need a net, but then eventually there's going to be no more fish that really want. We're not stupid. We're not going to keep biting that. And it's not interesting. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good analogy. And they're, they're, they're also creating, I guess you could say, like a passive content type of thing where, you know, if you're creating just passive content or shock value content, the people who you're luring in are going to look for more shock value content and they're just going to keep finding it in other places. So you're never going to have a real loyalty, right? Because you're just going to, they're just going to keep searching. For, they're just searching for that anyway. So they're going to keep finding it in different places rather than a specific thing that you're offering. Am I, am I on the right path with that? Yeah, definitely. I think as much as we're in the moment culture now, especially a lot of the younger kids under 20, 21 right now, um, they need to have that attention, but they also really value brands that stand for something that you're going to be able to come back and that means something to them, that experience. So you need to have that shock value, but it needs to be not just for attention. And I think that's really, you know, I love how you, you know, wrap this episode up with that because that's really where my passion came from at a young age was, um, you know, seeing it's not really misleading, um, but it kind of is that we're trying to drive sales, revenue, um, or trends now instead of drive loyalty. And I love that because if you're able to have a message, you're consistent with it um, and are passionate about it, man. And you're not just trying to serve a need or an opportunity, mm-hmm. then there's always, a, there's always a place for you. Even if somebody comes along that maybe does it cheaper or offers a better product, you're going to be able to revise because people are going to be willing to stay true to that. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We're getting we're getting good stuff here, man. I mean, I think I think that I've covered most of my you know most of my thoughts, my questions that I had on Brandon personally. I mean, is there anything that you feel like I, I like to ask people like when, you know when you go on podcasts or when people ask you questions or when you do interviews? I mean, is there anything that you know I haven't asked you that you really feel you know should be mentioned as far as in this? in this space right now, or, you know, maybe at, you know, is another important aspect that maybe we didn't hit on, um, before we kind of close things out. Is there anything, you know, that you, that you think I missed here? I don't think you're really missing thing. I think one thing that's important, a lot of people don't consider, uh, especially in the marketing realm is you have to understand the customer cycle and you can't just have, you know, we can see here and talk about message, message consistency over and over again, but we have to also understand that when you apply that and you hire a marketer, or you're going to manage it yourself on social media, wherever the case may be. You have to be able to understand customers have phases before they're going to buy from you. Initially, it's that awareness phase. You know, where they come across you, 
that it could be just randomly on Facebook. It could be a billboard. It could be a commercial like the Super Bowl, which I, I do want to mention the Super Bowl ad before we close. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and uh, or on the news feed, I think I mentioned that already, or newspaper, whatever, whatever it may be. Are you like taking advantage of that? And and you have, people have to understand like not everybody um, that's going to buy from you is looking for you right now. And yeah, that's where the attention grab comes in. But is it memorable? for that value, that need. If you're able, um, you know, I, I like to use landscaping and I know I repeat myself on this, but you know, if there's an ad and you see a landscaping company, you maybe don't need landscaping, but you buy a home two years down the road and you see this company in the newspaper that has really professional looking guys. Um, they take a couple extra steps to make sure that the um, homeowners or the people that they're serving, servicing um, are taken care of and that they're courteous while they're in somebody else's home. They're going to remember that, you know, me being a family man and possibly being gone most of the time when landscapers are in my house, having that peace of mind, number one, they're going to want to pay more. I'll pay more for that. But number two, that you you remember that you don't just remember uh, cheap landscaping or we do X, Y, Z every month. You remember that emotional connection. So that initial awareness is is so important. And then you have the second phase, which is really – um, needs recognition, which, which is what I already touched on, where people realize that they need something, um, you know, whether it's a flat tire or an oil change, you know, just using cars, um, or maybe it is landscaping, for for example. And they're starting to look for that, and they're looking for keys or cues or whatever um, to help satisfy that need. But no matter what, they're always going to shop. They're always going to compare contrast, which is the third phase. And you know, a lot of people think that that's the most important thing. That's where the ads come in. That's where the persuasion comes in, the creative, you know, TV ads that we saw the other day and all that stuff where people, you know, may be hungry and they're going to, we're going to go to McDonald's or Wendy's, which, you know, it works, but it's still cheesy. Um, you have to have saw that experience where people are going to be loyal to one or the other. Um, the fourth, I think fourth phase is the actual experience. So how are you following through? How are you upholding the standards? You know, what does it look like? The engagement, while people are buying from you, and then the last is the post-purchase. And if you're, you know, how how you make them feel? How are you following up? Are they going to continue to come back? How are you um, appealing to them, or catering to them, or listening to them, or whatever the case may be after they buy from you, nurturing them? And I think if you have that identity, that initial promise, you have those brand standards and that personality that you know people relate to as as a human being, like a real personality then you should be able to speak to them in every single one of those phases and then understand when customers are looking there. I think that that's the most, like, biggest thing that's overlooked because you can't just have a cool blog strategy or social media strategy or video podcast like we're doing right now that's going to hit people on topics or sales or specials or whatever the case may be. You have to have that whole experience. Right, absolutely. Man, I'm taking notes over here, man. I hope people are taking (laughs) notes, man, dropping bombs, dropping knowledge. Um, so I mean, before, so before we close it out, I, I, I am going to ask you, man, the Raiders, you feeling good? Uh, you feeling good? Man, I love Gruden. I, I've always loved Gruden. And I, and when they first had the news about uh, him coming out for Tampa Bay, I knew it was going to be Oakland, but I don't know. I, I don't know how he's going to draft. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is drafting free agency. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So I think if we have a good draft, and, and we'll maybe have to jump on after the draft. I think we talked about that already because I love this. My favorite part of the year is the draft and analyze some of these players. Um, but yeah, that's I'll, I'll know then. I think I'll have a better 
my stomach will be so. But, you know, by being a Raiders fan, <laughs> every year we're optimistic. And, you know, it's hard to tell. It is, man. It is, but like, man, it goes back to Brandon though. We're excited about about Groot and what he's gonna do. We'll see. Like you said, I'm I'm excited about the draft and free and seeing all that kinds of. It is my favorite too. I think I mentioned it before on podcast. Like even in yeah. playing games like Madden and stuff like that was my, always my favorite part was that off season, you know, building your team yeah. type of thing. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how real how good it gets, man. Um, I, I personally, I, man, I've had a great time catching up with you and kind of you know really putting a lot of the things that we talk about or that you post on Instagram and all these kind of things onto the podcast. Um, you know, we covered a ton of ground here. I think we've got a lot of value out of this one. Um, it's always yeah, been important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's always been, you know, important to me to like support others with, you know, whether it's with the podcast, the website, social media, whatever. Um, I've always made it a focus to do that and kind of share things, um, with people that I, you know, that I like or that I enjoy. Um, I know like a lot of my favorite songs, books, quotes, all these things, a lot, a lot of things were suggested by people. Um, so mm -hmm. I feel like I always like to ask the guest, um, kind of put you on the spot a little bit, but, um, if there's one thing that you could recommend right now to anyone listening, it, it literally could be anything. I mean, it doesn't matter what you choose or, and what, you know, market it's in or anything, but if there's one thing you could recommend to people right now who are listening, um, I had people mention books and music and all kinds of stuff. What would you, um, recommend to them right now? Yeah, um, you know, I hear a lot of stuff about, you know, love yourself and, you know, be, be confident in yourself. And I think the best way to love yourself that's missed right now um, across the world is being critical with yourself. I think you have to be open-minded and understanding um, about everything that you go through. Um, you know, I think a lot of people make excuses now or have reasons or justify why this and that happens or blame. And I think... The biggest um, leaps, I won't say steps, leaps of growth is when you're able to look in the mirror every day and say, hey, this happened yesterday because I didn't do this. And this person doesn't want to talk to me or doesn't respect me because I acted this way. Um, or um, I, I had success here because I did this. You know, don't be afraid to, to pat yourself on the back too, but be able to do that every day and understand that the more you're able to do that, it's, that's really what loving yourself is because you're, you're growing. If, if it's not about sales, it's not about recognition. It's about how you continue to develop as a human being and then how you're able to use those experiences and really love others. Like you just touched on how can you help people out? How can you bring the best out of other people? And the only way you'll ever be able to start doing that is by bringing the best out of yourself. That's awesome, man. Can't close it out any better. Can't close out any better. Um, really quick, I always like to give you a chance. I mean, uh, where can people find you, uh, contact you, or anything you want to promote? Whatever the case is, this is your chance here to do that, of course. Yeah, I'm really – I started to develop some workshops uh, here locally in Phoenix. i um, with a couple partners, so um, you'll be able to find more information on that. I'm really active, like you mentioned before, on Instagram. It's the Prefocus, um, P-R-E-F-O-C-U-S. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm not as as uh, bought into the whole Facebook stuff. So Instagram is where it's at. Uh, Twitter, it'll be at Jordan T. Trask would be my Twitter handle. T as in Tyler is that middle initial. Um, pretty active on Twitter too. Um, otherwise, you know, you know, I, I'm pretty pretty much all over the place, man. That's probably something that I could do a little bit better. Is, is have a little bit better avenue that people could reach. I uh, reach me out and have resources out. But you know, I'm growing too. Not something that I gotta face. <laughs> absolutely i mean is there one um social media platform that you prefer like that you find the most the, the best for what instagram, you're trying to yeah. do instagram yeah 
Yeah. Me too. I like Instagram. I, think so. I like them all. Like I like them all. I like them all. I can't help it. But yeah. yeah, Instagram is cool though. All right, man. Well, I mean, it was a great chat. I had a great time talking with you. We definitely got to do this again, you know, sometime in the future here uh, when I pile up a bunch of more branding questions and marketing questions, and all these kind of things for you. Um, <laughs> but I had a good time, man. I really appreciate it. I'm hope hopefully they take your recommendations here, your advice. They wrote stuff down. They did everything needy because it was it was really important stuff and it was a good chat. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, brother. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Man. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, all right. Big shout out to Jordan again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You guys heard it in the intro. You heard it in the conversation. But in case you forgot, um, you can holler at him at uh, you know at the Prefocus on Instagram. If you want to do it on Twitter, that's fine too. Because look, I know some of you guys don't use Instagram, but you want to reach out and just say, hey, you enjoyed the content. You appreciate the value he brought. If you want to do it on Twitter. Um, it's at underscore, underscore, the prefocus, underscore, underscore, I believe. If any of that's confusing, just DM me or send me a tweet and I'll get you his, his stuff so it's easier for you. Um, but please reach out to him because you guys know I appreciate that and and so do the guests. Um, as far as this episode, um, you guys, I you know, I, I've been talking about it as far as we're going to be playing an artist uh, every single Wednesday on the show to kind of give, you know, my big thing is I love supporting new talent. I love supporting, um, those who are passionate about what they do. Uh, musicians, artists, uh, people in that, you know, craft tend to be incredibly passionate about what they do. So, um, and I, and I love music. So I figured we're starting this thing up where you submit music. If, you know, I vibe with it, I like it, I enjoy it, or I feel that others will enjoy it, even if it's not necessarily my style, um, you may have yourself a chance to get played on the podcast. So um, coming up here first, uh, I'm really thankful that this uh, artist sent music to me. Uh, her her name, and again, if I say this wrong to any of these artists, if I say any of the names wrong, please let me know, uh, and, I'll, and I'll happily correct it on the next episode, but I'm trying my best here, uh, it's, uh, this one, let me see, yes, it was, uh, Atia, A-T-I-Y-A, um, so I'm pretty sure I got that right, pretty sure, it's pretty simple, I'm sure I got that one down pat, the song I'm actually playing is called, uh, Balance, and it's actually featuring, uh, let me see who she has on the song here with her, it's featuring, Jay Danzo. So shout out to Atia, shout out to Jay Danzo. A really good song. The EP on SoundCloud where you could find her at uh, has a really good vibe to the whole, you know, to everything she's putting together. So I really uh, enjoy the music she's putting together, the vibe, the whole feel of everything. Um, and again, you know, every artist that I play, every artist that's submitted so far have different vibes, different styles. Um, Actually, I don't even think any one are alike, to be honest with you. I don't even think any, any of them are similar. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting to a lot of these that we have. But but first up, for the first week that we're doing this here, for the first episode that we're doing this here, is Atia. Again, it's featuring Jay Danzo. Um, if you guys want to find her on Twitter, just to shout her out uh, and let her know how you enjoyed the music, let me get you that too as well. It's uh, at Atia, A-T-I-Y-A-Z-A-A-H-I-R. So that's her that's her handle on uh, on Twitter, so you could just reach out to her that way. Uh, and again, you know, I appreciate it if you do that, just because it helps. You know, it helps them know that you're listening. It helps you, helps them know what they're doing well. You know, what you feel about it, how the kind of vibe it creates for you. I can't be the only person that enjoys her music, that's for sure. So definitely reach out to her and let her know. Um, and if and when you go on her Twitter, you'll see all her other things, her email, 
The SoundCloud link is right there. I will be posting the artists that I play um, on cloudtouchers.com as well. So if it's easier for you just to kind of get everything in that one spot, um, that's fine. I'll have her SoundCloud link up there and uh, whatever other things that I feel are important for you guys to get in contact with her, reach out to her and all that good stuff. Again, if you know anyone who sings, raps, makes beats, does anything, tell them to submit music to me or drop me their name and I'll try to reach out to them. Uh, but it's easier if they reach out and give me their link and everything in one shot. Um, it just makes things move smoother. Again, if you're new to the podcast, if you're listening um, and, and you never listened to the episode before and you appreciate what we're doing here and you respect what we're doing, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Uh, it means everything to us. It really means the world to what we're doing. It's the best way for us to expand. And please share it. When, you, when you're listening right now, share this link out to other people so they can listen and hear not just the dope conversation with Jordan, but also with Tia's music and everything else that we're building here at Clock Dodgers. Guys, I appreciate you guys. I love you. Let's keep supporting each other. Let's keep uplifting each other. Let's keep making every day better. You guys also know the deal. After you listen to this song, go hit up Atia. After you listen to the episode, go hit up Jordan. It's just a cloud dodger way of doing things. It's just what we're building here, guys. It's a community. As always, I'm Neil. This is the Cloud Dodgers Podcast. This is Atia Balance. As always, guys, be kind, be great, keep dodging. Time turning, I write as my mind learning the yin and yang of the game. See the light is the fire burning. That tricky juxtaposition sucks when you wishing for things to be better, but yet you gotta cling to Berettas. Yeah.
Man, I'm trying to keep a balance. Stirring up the pot, mix the silence up with the malice. That's a dish called life. Know you pissed off, right? That things ain't falling in place. You could bitch all night. But in order to rise above, you usually gotta hustle. I know it's hard, but I promise there's beauty inside the struggle. Uh, man, I learned me a lot from that. I talked to the universe and it's finally talking back. I'm not ashamed, I'm not mistaken. That's why I sit here and meditate. I talk to the universe every single day. Manifest my dreams and let them fly away. I say I'm Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.